banjo, in my opinion. But there's just something special about a cappella. It just is. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, can we turn to Psalms chapter 34? Psalms chapter 34 and 1 Peter chapter 2. Psalms 34 and 1 Peter chapter 2. I done turned my phone ringer off. And if you haven't, now would be a good time to do so. Amen. Oh, I love the Lord. I, I, I am so thankful for his consistency. And that no matter how long days or weeks are or whatever you're dealing with in your life, we can come to the house of God. No, no, no. Better than that. We can come into the presence of God with a humble heart. Man, he can revive us again. Woo! That's what it's all about. That's better than every, that's better than the best banjo picking you ever heard. Amen. Psalms chapter 33, 30, <clears throat> Psalms chapter 34, verse 4. <clears throat> I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. We could stop right there, ponder that, meditate upon that the rest of the day and go home. Amen. They looked unto him <clears throat> and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, amen, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Brother Zollers, would you open this message in a word of prayer, sir? That's the main verse this morning is, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. My dad would, we'd, we'd have family devotions ever so often, I don't know, once every couple months or something. Just ever so often we'd have a family devotion. I, looking back, I think is if, if my dad didn't have to work on a Saturday, I think that's what he did. So he calls us all in the living room and he said, we're going to eat the word of God. And we're like, okay. Keep in mind, we hadn't had breakfast yet, so like... We want breakfast. And he really drew it out. He said, okay, boys, go get plates, one for everybody. Okay, we go get plates. Okay, go get forks. Okay, we get, then go get spoons. And I mean, the whole product, get knives, get napkins. And he, everything he could think of, he was having fun with it. <clears throat> and he had us completely, all, we all of us had napkins and, 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 and our silverware set a certain way. I, this isn't around the table. We're like sitting on the floor in the living room. My dad had the good chair. We were on the floor. And then he went into whatever the devotion was that day. He probably used that verse, I'm sure. But his point was, we're going to eat the word of God. And he was really driving it into us. We need to soak that up. We need to consume it. Amen. <clears throat> Number one this morning, taste and see that the Lord is good so you can grow in the Lord. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. If you've been saved this morning, I would gather that you've tasted that the Lord 
is gracious. And it ought to be, if you're saved this morning, that you ought to have a desire for the Word of God, just like a newborn babe. It's a big question mark, and somebody that claims that they're saved and they have no desire to go to the house of God, no desire to pray, no desire to read their Bible, it's a big question mark. And I'm not one that goes around uh, 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 with the biggest fruit inspector shirt on, but it is a red flag when there's no desire. We ought to be newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the word. Amen. Uh, we, have, we have young Christians in our church, and amen, they've been growing. I've been encouraged, but I've seen it in the last three years. I've seen it in the last ten years. And I've said this a thousand times, and I'll say it again. If you can't look back in your life personally, quit looking at your neighbor. If you can't look back in your own life and see, hey, this is where I've grown, and this, that's where I used to be then we have a problem. You're either not saved or you're backslidden. Amen. Turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Wouldn't it be far better if we can look back and say, <clears throat> what you, look back and what you've learned from the word of God? Not from what pastor just taught you, but you know what? I actually studied that for myself, and I can tell somebody and not be ashamed, this is what I learned from the word of God because I studied it. Matthew chapter 5 or 6, Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. Brother Shine had a great Sunday school message this morning. Uh, uh, and, and man, they, it wasn't just that the miracle was everyone got fed. With the feeding of the 5,000, we call it. There's probably, honestly, 20,000 or more. But, but everyone didn't just get fed. They, they were full. Because there was 12 baskets full. I mean, they were they, it's like they went to the old country buffet, or no, that's out, uh, Golden Corral, right? And, and just totally got stuffed. Everyone got full, and there's still 12 baskets full. And what a blessing is to ponder it and think about, man, how God delivered it and, 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 and put ourselves in that position. And the disciples uh, handed out uh, in groups individually. Did Jesus walk around to everybody? Amen. It's good, it's good to think on these things. Amen. Let's continue reading Matthew 6, verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It is a sad commentary. What's the word I'm looking for? I want to say commentary. It's a sad commentary. Um, that here we are, somebody could read the Word of God, read the exact same words. They could even read the King James Version and think, oh, we have to pray like this and completely miss the context. And they're going to pray that exact prayer word for word. Well, how could somebody get wrapped up on that from not actually studying the context and thinking about what it says and understanding it? Amen. But, you know, God gave the children of Israel manna in the wilderness every morning. You don't have to turn there, but Exodus 16, 4. You don't have to turn there, but listen carefully. Exodus 16, 4 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they walk in my law or no. Isn't that interesting that God gave the children of Israel, a certain amount of bread every day, not just so they, they could get full, 
not just so that they could have security, but, but that he may prove them. And if we remember the story, if we do like Brother Shine did this morning, put ourselves in there and think about it and dwell on it, think about how things were, God gave them specific instructions to only take what you're going to eat that day. That's it. This is the parameters. You only take what you're going to eat. If you know the story, it would rot and it was nasty if you didn't eat it. Folks, if we read our Bibles and we don't get any principle from anything that we ever read, there's a word of God, spiritual manna from heaven that God gave us, that he wants us to read and eat. Every, we need to consume this every day. Quit diving so deep to try to get everything for 20 years from now. Eat where you are today and consume it. You know what? That milk will turn into baby food, and that baby food will turn into mashed potatoes, and then daddy's going to start slipping you some ice cream every now and then, right, when he's not supposed to. And eventually you'll be eating meat. That's how it works. But we have Christians that want to dive right into the meat, and then they, 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 they're disgusting, they throw up, and they throw a fit. Amen. But they could only take so much per day you know i'm here to tell you as a human being i may be a pastor of a church but i can only handle so much per day i can only handle so much of studying in one day some days are a lot of studying but there's still there's still a limit when i've uh, learned any instrument there's only so much i can learn i i cannot handle more than, than so much but god didn't ask for that he just said take a certain rate every day You don't have to turn there, but Lamentations, um, Lamentations 3.23 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Amen. Because His compassions fail not. Amen. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I believe there's a lot of backslidden Christians that don't bother getting spiritual bread every day. We are all guilty of that from time to time. But there's some people that perpetually live there. They're not concerned about growing their spiritual life, growing their spiritual man. They'll just let them starve to death and wonder why bad things happen in their life. Wonder why they're not being directed by the Holy Spirit as they should. God not only wants us to eat from his table daily, but man, he's enticing us to get full from him, draw closer to him. Amen. You don't have to turn there. Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love them that love me and those that seek me, what? Early shall find me. You put God first. That's what he's looking for. So often we'll put God last at the end of the day when we're exhausted. We don't want to do anything else, so we're not really giving God our best. Amen. Number one, taste and see that the Lord is good for our own growth. But number two, taste and see that the Lord is good to strengthen our foundation. We all know that, you know, we know things, but we don't know things. Right? right? Um, we know that consistency is a key ingredient to raising your kids, uh, studying your Bible, to, to, to learning a new craft, to, to learning an instrument. Consistency is key to be healthy like, like flowers um 
I, 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 I was a pool boy for a millionaire, a multimillionaire, and I later ended up framing for him. And um, one of my jobs in his, in his <laughs> property, his compound basically, was to water all the flowers every day. I'm a kid in high school, right? And he showed me how he wanted them watered. And my instruction was pour the water in. The, he had pots, I mean like, like, like 100, like literally like 150 pots or something around the property. Pour the water in until it starts coming out the bottom and then it's up at the top. Coming out the bottom, it's coming up at the top. Some of you are probably saying that's way too much. It probably is. I'm doing exactly what he told me every day. Like after a week, they're not looking good or however many days. After a couple of weeks, they're basically all dead. And um, like he was so mad at me over that. But I literally was doing exactly what I was. And every day, he'd ask me, I'd tell him, and I would show him what I'm doing. I'm doing what I'm told. I don't know nothing about flowers, but I'm doing what I'm told. What I'm saying is, like, there's only, what I learned from that personally was there's so much that flowers can take. You can't just drown them all the time. Uh, I see a lot of smiles and smirks across the auditorium. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, I, I got a lot of learning to do, too. Uh, but I learned something that day to that. Uh, on a side note, after, <laughs> after I moved on and it was years later, I came back. I was kind of visiting him, sort of. And he made a system with little tubing all across the compound. So he just turns it on in one spot, fills it all for a certain amount of time. Amen. We all got learning to do. <laughs> David didn't just up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to kill a giant today. That's not how it works. God bless the young Christian that thinks they can do that and, and, and they have that tenacity and that fervency to, to do something for the cause of Christ. I'm going to kill that giant, right? What does every Christian do? Go right to Revelation. I'm going to study Revelation before I learn how to even have character, right, or anything else. Uh, uh, but David grew in the Lord. He, he didn't just wake up thinking he's going to slay a giant. He grew in the Lord uh, with patience with the shepherd, uh, be, being a shepherd, taking care of the sheep. Uh, um, in his own testimony, at one point, killed a, uh, a lion and a bear. I believe I'm saying that right. Um, he was protecting his sheep, and he learned a lot of lessons along the way. He learned a lot of wisdom, and he learned a lot of character. But within that, he learned that with God's help, he could do about anything. That's something that, like, we know, but we just struggle to know it. You notice I say we. Amen. Uh, but, boy, boy, he, he, mm. I, I wish that we as Christians, and I try to, if I could encourage our church, hey, don't look for Goliath. Just, look, just get, take care of your sheep. Whatever it takes, take, take care of your sheep. God will grow you. God will grow you, amen? Problem is, we have Christians that have been saved for years and years, and there's seemingly no desire. There's no change. There's no, um, doesn't seem like there's growth, not that you can always see it. Um, I know Brother Shine talks about it, and I, I talk about it. I live it too, and, and many of us do. Uh, Bible memorization, boy, that takes a lot of work. And I can say I hit that almost daily. And it's still, for the amount of time that I feel like I put into it, for much as I remember, I feel like it's just so low. But I know more than I did six months ago. 
I know more than I did a year ago. You better believe I know more than I did three years ago. Amen. There ought to be growth in our lives. There ought to be some stepping stones that we can see. Turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not will be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and uh, beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Taste and see that the Lord is good to strengthen your foundation. Three this morning, taste and see that the Lord is good with your finances. Boy, people don't want to do this one. Let's turn to Malachi 3.7. You say, here we go. There's the Old Testament tithing verse. Amen. This is where folks want to turn off the learning and principle and... Uh, and only obey direct commands that were given. Amen. Point number three, taste and see that the Lord is good with your finances. Malachi is right at the end of the Old Testament. It's harder to find. This, the context here, is God's talking to Israel about giving and tithing. He says, even from the days of your fathers, you're gone away from mine ordinances. By the way, they're backslidden in this, at this point where God's speaking to them. And have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But he said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Just want to point out, those are two different things that the Scripture calls out. They're separate. Verse 9, You are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And look at this. Prove me now herewith. Isn't that something that God gave his uh, manna to the Israel, uh, uh, to the, the nation of Israel? And it's like, you get a certain rate every day to prove me. Or I'm going to do that to, to, to prove you. To see if you'll, if you'll do right. Amen. And now God's saying, prove me. He says, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall, be, uh, shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Preachers have often used that to say, if you give to the Lord, God will bless you financially. And, and, and I will say as a whole, that's true. And I'd stand by that biblically. But just because you give $10 doesn't mean you're going to have 300 that week given to you. That's not, that's not how this works. Um, but, but can I add to that? Um, if I gave $10, I can sure know that God's going to be uh, blessing me for it, and I want to be on God's good side as opposed to his bad side. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> the problem is we think that the money that we think we're saving is more important than the blessings from God. You see the theology there that we, there's a disconnect. I stopped tithing before we got married. Brother Jim, I was tight on cash. 
I needed to pay for a uh, uh, honeymoon. So I quit tithing because it only makes sense. Amen. <laughs> I have, I have uh, um, everyone in my family is a pastor. I, I never thought I'd be a pastor. I can't believe I'm a pastor. I, I promise you that. I promise you that. Um, so so I, know, I know how people are in, in, in church, particularly with tithing, just stories that uh, uh, we, we tell. And um, it, it's a funny thing that, that there's a mindset of people, because I've heard people say it, and my brothers and dad have heard the same thing. Um, people will not come to church so they don't have to tithe for like a certain, because they feel like they're saving money. Like, oof, that's a, cut some corners that way. Like, like God's going to be thrilled with that, right? But, but we, we, we justify things in our own mind all the time. In fact, any sin that we do, we justify it. Amen. But um, I, uh, I'll say this and move on. T- turn, to, um, uh, turn to Numbers chapter 18. We'll be there in a moment. Um, let me just end that, that honeymoon story. I quit tithing, and, and I, I'm telling you, I quit tithing. Oh, I don't know. A month, five, six weeks, maybe that long before we got married. Two weeks, two weeks before a marriage time, my van uh, needed work done. It was like $2,300. Tw- I mean, like it took like, like about everything. And now I'm broke for the wedding time. So I mean, life happens, right? And me and Rachel are chill. We don't freak out over every little thing. And we get married, and I was like, hey, this is what happened. Um, so I'm broke. Also, I quit tithing. And it was like um, she mentally, with her eyes, smacked me in the back of the head for being dumb. And uh, I can tell you I have never not tithed or given to the Lord or given to missions ever since. And, um, and, and, and I can say as a whole, God has blessed my family for that greatly. Amen. I stand by that. There's going to be some people that's, that don't believe in tithing at all. They'll use the Bible as their defense. They'll say, well, we're, not under, we're under grace. We're not under the law. You'll hear that. They'll say, the tithing was only for the Levites. They're under the law, they'll say. And, 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 and you know what? They're right to say that they were commanded to tithe, and God does not command us to tithe. I thank God that we're not under the law. Jesus came and fulfilled the law. Uh, we're under uh, grace alone today. I thank God that we don't have to stone my boys for stealing. You know, we don't have to make an- kill innocent little lambs and little doves all the time and these blood sac- I'm thankful we don't have to do all that. Uh, amen. Uh, you don't have to turn them. Romans ten four says, "For Christ is the end of law for righteousness to everyone that believeth." Matthew five seventeen. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am come. I have not come to destroy, but to fulfill. There's nowhere in the New Testament that God says people must give tithes to the Lord directly. There's also nowhere in the Bible that says Dan Gunther has to make up his bed every morning. I should, though, shouldn't I, Miss Linda? Amen. Just because God didn't command it directly doesn't mean that there's not a principle there that I ought to be doing it. Amen. Um, Tithing was in place before God ever, ever, ever gave the law. Um, Under the law for God's people, 10% of their increase was set aside to fund the house of God. 
Look at Numbers chapter 18, verse 21. And behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth in Israel for an inheritance for their service which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Man, I've heard so many people argue the tithing. Uh, 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 people have a debate over tithing and say, well, um, the, that whole tenth thing, that's all pagan religions, all pagans. That, well, no, God specifically said for his people to give a tenth to supply for all the priests in the temple. That's Bible. Not, not a debate. We can boldly say that. Yeah, sure, Satan copies God all the time. Sure, pagan religions would do things, but God made it really clear. A tenth for the children of Israel in the Old Testament was given for the, the temple and the, and, and, and the Levites. Hey, man, who are the Levites? They, they were the people that were in charge of running all these things, the music, the, 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 the scripture reading, all that. But tithing was not just for the Levites under the law of Moses. Jacob gave tithes to the Lord 200 years before the law was even given. Well, that's weird. Why would Jacob give tithes to the Lord before the law was even given? If God didn't command it through the Levitical law, you know, turn there, Genesis 28, 22. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and, all, uh, the, and, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. That was Jacob talking. 200 years before the law. Jacob was not under the law. He was not bound by Levitical law. But here he is before the law giving a tenth to the Lord of all that he has. Abraham gave a tenth part of all that, uh, that, it, that it came to him to, to Melchizedek. You say, who's Melchizedek? He was the high priest in Abraham's day. You can read about it. Hebrews chapter 7, 1 through 4. Abel, remember Cain and Abel? He, he gave uh, uh, the first faith first things of his flock to the Lord as an offering. Who taught him that? I believe God did. Or God taught Adam that, and Adam taught his boys that. But either way, God taught them to bring the first fruits to him. Who taught Abraham to give a tenth? It wasn't Moses in Levitical law. Who taught Jacob to give a tenth? It wasn't Moses in Levitical law. God demonstrated tithing through warfare. Don't worry, I'll be off tithing in a moment. <laughs> Amen. God demonstrated tithing through warfare. You, you, you say, well, what do you mean? God told the children of Israel that 90% is yours and 10% is mine. You say, well, where did he tell them that? Let's quit looking for direct commands, although there's a lot of direct commands to tithe in the Old Testament. I could sit here all day long and give that. But let's look for some principle. Remember when they crossed Jordan, which, which that, that is a picture. You could say it's a picture of salvation, and it is. But it's more a picture of giving your heart to Christ. I mean, giving, dedicating your heart to Christ. You say, what do you mean? And I don't want to stay here long. I believe, picture-wise, foreshadowing-wise, the Red Sea is really salvation. Then they spent time in the wilderness. Then, the, then, then crossing over Jordan, they got things right. They were done with all their, what's the word I'm looking for? Doubting the Lord. Uh, there's people, in my opinion now, that get saved, and then they don't really grow because they, they just want to kind of doubt the Lord so they live in the symptom of their sin, and sometimes they'll spend their whole life there. They're saved, but they're not really dedicated to God. So they literally go in circles in the desert, and their life is miserable. 
then there's those who would get saved. And that desert time may not be so long. There might be no desert time. They just trust God. Giants or no giants, we're going to Canaan. That's Jordan. So upon crossing Jordan, let me get to the message here. Joshua's the leader. He conquered these cities. Bear with me. Jericho, Ai, Gibeon, uh, Makeda, Libna, Lashish, Eglon, Hebron, Debir, and Hazor. Ten. What was the first one? Jericho. If we study our Bibles, all the other nine, they were to keep all of it. When they conquered the cities, but the first one, they were to keep none of it. And it all goes to God. Remember Achor? Achan? Achor. <laughs> Remember Achan? He, he took some of it for himself. He and his entire family lost their lives over it. God was real serious about it, uh, especially for his people's called out people, the Jews, the Israelites. God taught strongly the principle of tithing. For sure. You say, well, there was more battles that were fought. I'm trying not to make this a tithing message. Amen. There were more battles that were fought. Um, but one of those battles, there was th three, three, uh, 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 three cities that came together at one time. So it was 10 major battles total, not 13. God set aside the first fruits of all the battles. Amen. You don't have to turn there for time's sake. Turn to Matthew 23. 23 will be there in a moment. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Tithing is a principle that God's used over and over throughout Scripture to teach us how to live. You say, that was all Old Testament. Okay, let's look at the New Testament before we go to the next point. Matthew 23, 23. Let's look at the words of Jesus himself. He said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Who's he talking to? A bunch of hypocrites. He's talking to a legalistic crowd, people that think they're so religious, right? He says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He says, ye pay tithe of mint and anise and uh, cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. He says, these ought... These ought ye to have done. What, what are these that he's talking about? The law, judgment, and faith. And he says, and not to leave the other undone. What's the only other thing that Jesus just mentioned? Tithing. Isn't that interesting that Jesus himself said, uh, yeah, you need to have righteousness and uh, what he say, mercy and faith, but you also need to be tithing. That's what Jesus told the legalistic crowd that were looking for something uh, to, to get them on. Amen. Remember when, uh, uh, I use this as the last example, uh, we, we spent quite some time here on a Wednesday night uh, teaching uh, uh, some old kings, but when Joash became king, his wicked grandmother, Athaliah, she, she, had, man, she was wicked, she worshipped other gods, and she let the house of the Lord fall into disrepair, uh, no more tithes were being given to the house of God, and she just let it go downhill, and it's a whole story, and it's an exciting, awesome story. <clears throat> I remember studying, I remember preaching it, but uh, Joash becomes king, and he says, hey, we're going to fix up the house of God, and then they bring him the treasure chest, the, 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 the chest where they have all the money stored, and it's empty, he's like, where's all the money for the house of God, they're like, oh, well, we quit taking that when Athaliah uh, became queen, he's like, uh, go collect tithes, we're going to fix the house of God, and that's what they did, and guess what, 
God bless them for it. Amen. Number one, taste and see that the Lord is good so you can grow in the Lord. Number two, taste and see that the Lord is grow, uh, good to strengthen your foundation. Number three, taste and see that the Lord is good with your finances. And one more, and it'll be the shortest of all, taste and see that the Lord is good with your worship. With your worship. I think far too many times we come to the house of God with a bless me if you can mentality. Whether we realize it or not, that's how we come. I've been up all night. I've been busy all week. And Lord knows I know all about that. I promise you that. But we come to the house of God. The kids are stressing us out. We're worn out. We haven't prayed. We haven't read our Bible. We're just coming to the house of God. Okay, he can bless me when I get there. Boy, wouldn't it be far better if we spent time in prayer and on our knees and we studied the scriptures before we even entered the house of God. I promise you, our worship would be so much deeper. It would be so much greater. We'd be singing louder. It would be so wonderful. Our worship would be great. Our worship would be great. We justify our attitudes by our circumstances. God doesn't... As if God doesn't even know what you're going through. We think that we're the only ones that like, God doesn't know that. Amen. I might be sensitive to that because I deal with that all the time. People tell me why they can't come to church, why they can't study. Tell me they don't have time to study. Amen. All we got to do is clock in their TV time, and I guarantee you they have time to study. Proverbs chapter 21, 2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. Worship is important. Turn to Matthew 25, 34. We'll be there in a moment. Worship is important. Can I tell you that worship is much more than singing before a message? Do you know that we worship the Lord with our time? We worship the Lord with our uh, our, our offerings, our finances. We worship the Lord in our conversation. We worship the Lord with our thoughts. We worship the Lord with our attitude. Worshiping the Lord is not a, the, the, the four to seven songs we sing before preaching time. That, yeah, that's worshiping the Lord. But if we put it in that box, we're falling into the shallow Christian, not growing mentality, and we don't want to be there Jesus said in Matthew 25, 34, he said, Then shall the king send to them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. We're going to keep reading, but who's he talking to? Those who are saved, those who are going into heaven. That's the context here. Look at verse 35. That's important. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? And Jesus' reply was, he said, when, we, when, saw we, when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed, I'm sorry, they're still saying, they're still saying this to Jesus. When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? When saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say to them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these of my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Worship is everything that we are. That's why God wants our heart. It's in everything we do. It's in when we go to work. Are we being a testimony through our actions? Are we witnessing to him? 
Are, can they, do we have a good countenance about us? That's worshiping the Lord. We, for, we forget what worship is because we put it in this little box. We want to save our time. We want to save our money. We think we are. We want to save our thoughts. We want to save our good deeds for doing things for ourselves as opposed to other people. It's, it's our human nature, amen. But God wants all of us. That's why he wants our heart because you get it. When he gets our hearts, he's got all of us. Turn to Psalms 34. We'll close here. Psalms 34, 4. We'll close with where we started. You know, I was saying like this morning, Brother John brought a great uh, message speculating on how uh, uh, Jesus did, and the disciples divvied out the bread and the fishes. It's a good study. It's good to do that. Let, let, let's, let's think about how things were. Amen. But I guarantee you, everyone that was in Sunday school, especially Brother John, that's, that's ever going to read that story or hear that story preach is going to think deeper about it than they ever have. So when we come back to the first verse that we, that we read the, this morning, Psalms 34, 4, I would hope that we would think about it differently now after listening to this message. So that sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him. And were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. And here it is, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Can I just throw out that, are you having a bad day? Can you stop and think to yourself, man, my day is going miserable. Did I... Did I taste and see that the Lord is good today? Might not like our answer. Has our week not gone very well? Well, maybe we didn't taste and see that the Lord was good. I say this all the time, and it's so true, it's biblical. We withhold blessings that God wants to give us because we don't taste and see that the Lord is good. You're all guilty, and I'm guilty. There's blessings that God has for us if we would just taste and see. And furthermore, for anybody that's lost, there's people that have never darkened the door of a church. They might be listening online. They might be here this morning. Maybe you never even had that taste of what salvation is all about. Not even a taste of that peace that passes all understanding. If that's the case, man, there's a, there's a Christ that his father sent him to die for an entire world. Not a certain population. Not just the people that go to church, but Christ died for everybody. And I don't know why God chose to use uh, blood, but boy, there's life in the blood, and there's a lot of Bible about the blood. And I encourage you to study it and look up verses about the blood. But I can tell you this boldly, it's all about the blood of Jesus Christ, because if it weren't for his shed blood, we would have no salvation. There would be no remission of sins. A repentance wouldn't mean anything without the blood. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I pray that Lord, we would grow as a church, that we would understand, Lord, what worship is. Lord, in all aspects of our life, not just, not just when we're singing as a church, Lord, but there's worship.